Crows Radio Show with Source. He tumbles it forward. It's going to run through. Source Jacobs, what a goal. Yeah. And Tomo. Massive week in football. Massive show on Triple M. Now the Crows Radio Show returns for 2023. Adelaide Crows supporters, always great to have you company. It's going to be a big, big year on the Crows Show for 2023. Source Jacobs, usually my co-host, uh, he's on parental leave at the moment, so... We've got an absolute superstar in. Ebony Marinoff joins us. Hello, Ebs. Thanks for having me. Oh, God. I feel like I've got big shoes to fill with sauce um, out. But no, um, it's a pleasure to be here. Can't wait. Uh, good to have you on board, mate. I'm looking forward to um, catching up with you and uh, discovering how you got involved with the Adelaide Crows. You must be absolutely pumped. You know, three flags under the belt already. Yeah, no, I've been pretty lucky. Um, I feel like I, you know, fell in... It's the right place at the right time and, and like you said, been pretty successful down there with the three premierships and, mm. and hopefully uh, a few more to come. But yeah. I feel like I know what it takes to get there and, it, and it's bloody hard to um, get the ultimate success, but very lucky to have three because, yeah, you kind of pinch yourself when you do reflect and, yeah, it's it's quite a few. Yeah, for sure. Now, I've caught up with you before on Dead Set Legends and always a, a bubbly type that uh, loves to swing around on the on the left foot, mate. <laughs> How would they describe you down at Crowland? Yeah, definitely. Um, if you ask my coach, I definitely swing on that left foot quite a bit. Um, but no, I'm an inside mid. Um, love the hard stuff. Um, tackle. Oh, it's just the best game in the world. And yeah, lucky to have been playing it my whole life. And now I get to do it for a job. Sometimes comes as uh, with a couple of casualties. You're a bit injured at the moment. Yeah. Um, yep. I've had a little bit of a roller coaster a few months. I actually tore my syndesmosis. Um, Back in about round seven or eight last season um, and actually played the season out, which yep. was, yeah, something for another day. But, yeah, had to go in for surgery back in December. Um, it's been a bit of a slog just trying to get back and had a little bit of a clean out and touch up um, earlier this week. So hopefully, yeah, only a couple of more weeks and, and then I can really start – Getting into the thick of it and hopefully um, be fresh and ready um, come May, which is when pre-season starts. Oh, beautiful. Must be absolutely pumped for that. We'll catch up a little bit later on in the show because I want to – there's a whole heap of questions that we need to ask about you and the Crows family are going to need to know. But throughout the week, you caught up with the skipper of the men's side, Jordan Dawson. We're going to play that out in full. Yeah, Dawson the horse. Um, Yeah, super excited for our footy club to, I guess, get hold of him um, about 18 months ago now. I actually was a huge fan of the way he went about it. Um, I love Sydney for some reason. Like they've just got, you love watching them play. So Mm. I certainly knew who Jordan Dawson was and, you know, he was flourishing at the, you know, the last couple of years he was at Sydney. So when you get the news, you know, when you're inside the four walls that you're getting such a talent, you're like, you get excited. Um, I love the club and I, you know, want the club to be successful. So when you get talent like that, um, it's, it's super cool. But then, yeah, I guess to see him develop and, like just in a matter of like such a short space of time, it's pretty amazing. And like when I did speak to him, like, yeah, you just, yeah, you feel super excited for himself, but imagine like how he's feeling and, you know, he speaks and and says like he will look back and, um, you know, it'll be so many, like I guess, interesting thoughts because he was, when Sydney came home, obviously many, many male players do and now you're seeing women's, you know, I guess change clubs, Mm. but yeah, he talks a little bit about making the move and um, best decisions he'll ever make. And I guess when you're making that decision, you don't really know how it's going to plan out. And now 18 months later, he's the captain um, of the footy club. Like, mm. pretty remarkable. It's the Crows radio show. Looking forward to this chat. Noffy, I'll tell you what. Richard Douglas joins us right now. 246 games to his name. Best and fairest for the Adelaide Crows. Dougie, you got us. 
Got you guys. How are you both? Oh, mate, we're on top of the world. Don't worry about that. Now, we're going to start with, obviously, playing the GWS Giants today. Any fond memories uh, playing the Giants back in the day? Yeah, it's exciting as a footy's back, but... Uh, yeah, plenty of fun memories. I think early days we uh, had some really good wins against the Giants. Obviously, they were a young side and full of talent. But um, I think in the first six or seven years, we actually didn't lose a game against the Giants. So, had some really good memories. One that really sticks out, though, is Tommy Lynch kicking 10 against the Giants and just beating up on 18-year-olds. <laughs> ridiculous. But the worst, he's never let us forget it. And I'm sure you've heard the story plenty of times. But I remember he kicked, I think he kicked five or six in the third, and he had a shot. At start of last, I said, mate, you kick this year in rare company. Only mods has kicked 10 before for the footy club. So oh. he uh, went back from 20 out straight and finally and hit the post. <laughs> and we all just laughed. You know, that stage, we up on probably 12 goals. And then luckily you got Jerry the Goose at the late in the last and kicked the 10th and absolutely saluted and never lived it down since. So that's one that sticks to mind against the Giants. Also, I want to... Uh, semi, uh, what was the qualifying final at home in 2017 against the Giants? That was a pretty special day, but they're a good club now. They've started, you know, paid their dues. They've got to a grand final and um, probably rebuilt, but got a really good coach out of Kingsley. So I think they're set for a really, really good year and a really few good years building a really good foundation. So it certainly won't be an easy game. Well, the 10 goal, Tommy, we certainly have not. Oh, I've heard that many of times. Probably, probably once a month when he's here. Um, God, he'll keep that with him for the rest of his career. It's probably one of his highlights. Seeing he didn't quite get that flag back in 2017, I'd tell him for all good. Um, but you speak about God that six, seven years we didn't lose to Giants. I reckon we've not really got what well, we've lost the past two games by 50 to 60 odd points. So hopefully the boys get it done this weekend. Yeah, I recall last year, I believe it was, the Giants probably played their best game for the year against us at home, and as you said, we lost by about probably 10 goals. Um, and, you know, I think we've both sides have changed a lot since then. They've had a lot of restructuring and um, got some real youth coming through, and, and we're looking to keep building. So probably two groups that probably aren't too dissimilar in their age profile and, and, and where they sit in the competition. Um I think the Giants will be on the bounce. They'll probably spike back up and looking to contend, um, you know, for finals and, and, and for us, certainly looking to take another step forward, aren't we? And, and you know, push for 10-plus wins. And, um, you know, if we could push for the A, it'd be really good. But um, a pretty good test for us first up. You know, we've had some, I thought, our trial games over in the West were strong. Um, so we'll get it certainly round one's a different beast, but we'll get a good feel for where we sit um, straight away. Dougie, you're speaking like a coach, mate. What are we doing these days, please? <laughs> it's funny, it happens pretty quick. The way you, you get the coach's hat on pretty quickly and you forget how hard footy was and you just uh, start barking out orders and direct uh, <laughs> the world. So, um, no, I've been lucky enough. Um, there's more funding in female football now, so taking up a full-time role down at Glenelg um, in the women's space. So heading up the footy program there with the girls. Um, assisting Darren Reeves in the men's program and uh, just heading up our um, female junior development too. So really good uh, all-encompassing role for me. Um, you know, get to do the footy admin side of things and, and learn how footy clubs run, but also get to I guess, scratch the itch with the, with the coaching side of thing in the men's program. So for me, it's a really good growth opportunity. 
Dougie, can you talk us a bit through the women's program down at the Bays? Um, I've been lucky enough to be part of it for a couple of years. Um, they've got a new coach now. How are they going? I think it's round four this this coming weekend. You've got some young talent. You just had Matilda drafted to the Port Adelaide, you know, the other side, and she's an absolute yeah. jet. Just talk us through your role and, and how's that going? Yeah, um, it was fantastic. I was only in the role for two months and I already got a girl drafted, so I'm doing something You're lying. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she's an absolute superstar and she's going to be a real player for the power over the next 10 years. But, um, yeah, I guess just trying to really build um, the program with the women from the ground up. Um, they needed some more resources um, from day to day. I'm able to you know, be there, contact the girls, um, whatever they need, but also just trying to educate um our coaches around elite standards, work with our leaders, trying to really build a strong culture um, and a little bit of list management with the girls too, trying to get some um, depth into our list. Um, yeah, we've got some girls, Matilda Wilmore's 15, she's playing league. Um, we've got six girls in the state 16s program, so we've got four or five in the 18s, and a lot of these girls are playing in our dev league or even league side. So um, there's a huge amount of growth in the group um, and it's just trying to support these girls the best we can and trying to put as much resources and, and lift the professionalism um, to let them become the best footballers they can be. So it's exciting. As you know, Nuffy, it's um, constantly evolving the women's game. Um, so I get a great feel and um, I'm learning plenty in that space. So it's, it's exciting. Exciting times for you, Dougie. Thanks so much for joining us on the Crows Radio Show, mate. And hopefully the Crows can get it done today. Good on you guys. Go, guys. It's the Crows radio show with Sauce and Tomo for 2023. Ebony Marinoff joins us today. What a star she is. And she went one-on-one with the skipper of the Adelaide Crows throughout the week, Jordan Dawson. Dawson, thanks for coming in to chat today. It's our first episode of the Crows radio show. We'll chat a little bit later about your new captain, your role as captain, but I want to hear a little bit about your journey through football, road product. How, to, how was it down there? Youngest of three siblings, tell us a bit about your journey. Thanks, Noff. Thanks for having me. You've done your research, I can see. Yep. I grew up in Robe. I think a lot of people know, especially in South Australia, where Robe is, and um, it's obviously three hours south of Adelaide, but grew up down there on the seaside town, and I was pretty fortunate with my childhood, I think. I had great parents as, as role models, um, older brother, older sister, as you mentioned, and yeah, I played every sport, and was able to sort of roam the streets and didn't really have a care in the world. Where'd you play junior footy down in Robe? For the mighty Robe Roosters. So yeah. um, spent my whole, that was sort of all I knew up until sort of 15, I suppose, and you start doing the rep stuff and um, I was Glenelg Country Zone. So Up the bays? Yeah, did, played a little bit there in my junior years and didn't make the cut in a couple of those things and um, some eye-opening lessons uh, along the way. I was a little fat, sort of chubby 14-year-old, so grew up um, playing footy for the Roosters. So did you grow up on a farm or were you in a city, like in a city of the road? Like where'd you, where'd you grow up? Just in a um, house? I was in, yeah, I had a house, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> no farm, no farm? Yeah, no, nah, not a farm, no. So I, my dad was a cray fisherman for 30 years and then... Um, these, he sold out of that business, but um, grew up in the town. There's only about 1,500 people that live in Robe, so it's a pretty small, um, quite a close-knit community. And I say I'm from the country, but I'm definitely not a country boy. I'm, I'm a coastal kid, 
yeah, grew up in the town, so um, no farming background for me. There you go. So when did you, like you speak about your challenges as a little chubby kid playing footy, when did you think like you were going to make it? You boarded at Scotch College, like did you go through a scholarship there or you your parents sent you down to, I guess, board here and that's when your footy flourished from there? I, I never really sort of thought I had I could had the potential to play AFL until I was about 17, um, probably my 18th year. That was when I kind of thought maybe I'm a, I'm a chance. But before that, I um, only went to went to boarding school because my brother and sister did and they actually didn't really like it. So I was kind of umming and ahhing whether I'd go. And I had a few mates come up to school here to Emmanuel and Sacred Heart. And being from a small community, um, not having well a couple of my mates leaving and then one got an apprenticeship as a chef down there. So... I didn't really have too many more mates to, to <laughs> lean on, so I was like, well, my brother and sister got to board at Scotch, so I was like, I might as well give it a go, and they didn't love it, so I was a bit apprehensive at the start, but it was probably one of the best things I ever did, and I wouldn't be here if I didn't obviously go to Scotch, and then ended up playing school footy, and my coach, Benny Nelson, he's a ex-Sturt product, he sort of got into touch with Sturt, and they said that they would have me out for a senior pre-season in my 18th, obviously my 18th year, and my draft year, and that was probably the point when I thought maybe I'm a chance. I grew I grew probably three inches in my year 11 to 12 year and people started actually noticing me as a footballer and I probably started to have a bit more confidence as well. So growing up, I wasn't really sure of what I wanted to do. Definitely being a professional athlete probably wasn't on my radar until I was 18. So what was on your radar? I have no idea. Oh, yep. um, interesting. I start, so because I, I was a young, like I was young for my year in year 12, I spent a year out of school and played footy at Sturt and I was doing a bit of token uni and um, <laughs> business management at the time. I was doing sort of two or three subjects and going into uni SA and it was a bit of a bit of a drag for me so I was kind of really relying on football at that stage to to sort of see where I'd go um, after that year. If I didn't get drafted I would have had to have been a bit more serious in what I wanted to do with my career. Still continuing uni? I am, yep. Yeah. I've changed um, to teaching, oh. health and PE teaching but yeah, still unsure of post football what I what I will do. So pick fifty six in the twenty fifteen draft. Did you think you were gonna get drafted? How many clubs did you speak to or were you just wishing and hoping? Where were you at the time? Yeah, my manager, um, Michael Dowdy sort of said, You're a chance to go national but he said I'd oh, like I'd be pretty confident that you'd go rookie if not and obviously at that stage I was like, I don't care, like I'm happy to go anywhere. I'll moving out of home, going to boarding school and living a year in Adelaide, I kind of felt like the next step like if I had to move into state, which I obviously did to Sydney, that was going to be a comfortable one for me and something the challenge of it would be welcomed. But yeah, at the time I was just like, I do not care where I go. I wasn't being picky or anything because I didn't have the choice. So yeah, it was it's still a shock, as you know, like getting drafted and stuff. It's a pretty cool experience. I think you've, you feel very surreal watching some of your idols growing up and then you kind of feel like you're somewhat equal to them. It's um, Yeah, it's a cool experience. Yeah, you talk about that childhood, like you end up going to Sydney, one of the richest footy hi- histories, um, so much success. I mean, you get to play along the likes of Buddy Franklin. How was your experience? Road product, Adelaide boy, yeah. like it's a bit different. How was it? It was eye-opening, that's for sure. The first couple of years, well, I was there for six years in the end and it felt like it went that quickly. And yeah, my first year, I mean, even guys like Ted Richards and Jared McVeigh, um, like Buddy up there and um, Kieran Jack, Luke Parker, like all these absolute guns of the competition. And it took me probably a year, especially with guys like Bud, to actually realise that I was sort of teammates with them and then 
starting to play games and stuff alongside them, it's a it's a pretty cool experience. And I'd I'd never be um, be Bud Franklin because no one will. But you kind of hope that guys look up to you. And I feel like I'm at that stage in my career now where guys want to play with me and and I want to make them feel as comfortable as possible because that's what those guys did for me when I first got there. I just wish I kind of leaned into it a bit more and accepted that they were my teammates at the time. But um, having those experiences early is something that I've, like, I really cherish and will look back on, I think, when I'm done and, and be really fond of. More coming up on the other side of this on the Crows Radio Show with two superstars, Ebony Marinoff and Jordan Dawson. And Noffy is going to ask the skipper of the Adelaide Footy Club how hard it really was to come back to his hometown. Triple M, this is the Crows Radio Show with Source and Tomo. Special co-host today, Ebony Marinoff, and the second part of that chat she had throughout the week with Jordan Dawson goes to air right now. Very settled and, and happy at, at such a great club in Sydney. Um, wh- when was the moment where you thought, no, nah, I think c- coming back home is going to be the best for my for my future? I think probably the back half of 2021, I was sort of thinking about it and Sydney wanted to sign me um, and there was a, like a few offers coming through and I just wanted to really see the season out and assess my options and during the COVID years we spent 2020-2021 both years we were on the road for 10 weeks going from Queensland to Perth to Melbourne back to Queensland like just we were kind of all over the place and and I've got a young nephew as well um, back back home there was all these options um, and things to weigh up and I think I literally didn't decide that I wanted to leave until probably the day before it all came out i was in a two-week quarantine with my partner Millie and we're back in robe and my old man brought a big whiteboard over and we just scribbled on it non-stop for about a week and a half and I was on the phone every day to different people and sort of racking my brain on what I wanted to do and I think ultimately football was massive a massive part of my life but it's a short it's a short part of your life and um, in terms of post-football I just I've always thought I could never see myself staying in Sydney and and although it was a really tough decision to leave a lot of good mates in Sydney and um, and obviously they had success last year and that comes into it but ultimately to be closer to family and friends and sort of set my, set my life up post-football was massive for me and the best decision I've ever made and now sort of 12 to 18 months down the track and being captain of the Adelaide it's pretty surreal and I do look back at that time um, when I was in the house writing on the whiteboard and thinking, like, having no idea what I want to do. And, I, like, if I could fast forward to now, it's like it was pretty much a no-brainer. But at the time, it's, um, yeah, people don't understand, I don't think, how big of a decision it was for me and, and Millie and my family and friends. So It's crazy. Like, you speak about, you know, 18 months ago. I remember meeting you downstairs. You were with the dietitian at the time, Brie, like, and I was a massive fan from watching you back in Sydney and then, you know, 18 months on, you're sitting here as our ninth, you know, club captain. It's been a remarkable, I guess, 18 months for yourself. Did you ever have aspirations? I think you naturally just lead and people gravitate to you. Where does that come from? Um, I, I couldn't say where it comes from. I think, like, it's a combination of everything. I think my upbringing, different little setbacks along the way and sort of grinding out in the NEFL in Sydney for a couple of years and sort of building a resilience in that area and injuries as well. It's like all these sort of different things mould who you are and and I think coming across I've, from Sydney, I was very fortunate with the leaders that they had over there and some of my good mates but best leaders I've played under like Dane Rampey, Luke Parker, 
Callum Mills has always been a great leader from day dot. And um, and these guys are sort of just, you probably don't realise how much you pick up off those guys and, and the traits that they have and the similarities similarities that I have with a lot of those guys. And um, to come across here and just, I always wanted to not sit in the background, but just wait wait my turn a little bit when I first got here. I didn't want to be one of those guys that comes in and, um, and says too much and tries to change things. But I think as the year progressed, my football ability and my confidence in my game um, has hit a has hit a good spot, and I could see there was a, a there was an opportunity as a leader to step up with Sony out and different leadership guys out, and I needed I I kind of had to and and yeah, like you said, I think it, it is a pretty natural thing for me to do now, and um, it's not something that I force myself to do. Um, but yeah, to have the a lot of the players actually sort of see that and. Um, to hear their feedback is probably something that I didn't really expect because I kind of feel like I'm just doing, just doing me, and that's that's how I that's how I am. But um, yeah, it's definitely a combination of different people and influences in my life and setbacks and everything that's probably moulded me to to be here. Among this group, like I've never felt such, I guess, a vibe around the energy of the group since back in 2017. Like, what's what's happened? What's been the shift? You know, what has been spoken about amongst the group and, and yourself leading that? So it's a similar thing to before. It's a combination of things. I think it's like our work ethic in the gym, like you would see it around the club, in the gym, on the track, everything we do. And I think all clubs would say this, but having people from different clubs come in and say it, like I, I can confidently say we work extremely hard in all areas. And it's um, you have Darren Burgess who's come in from different elite programs and he said the same thing on the track. We're the best sort of running team he's ever seen. And to have that and then also have you know, the confidence in a lot of younger guys coming through and that sort of builds as you play more games. And and I think Smithy said it the other day, you go out not hoping to win, you, you want to win and you know and you expect to win. And it's a natural progression, but as long as our relationships are pretty tight as a group, which they are, that will to win is, is also wanting to win, but it's also not wanting to let your teammates down and that's really powerful. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm super excited to see how you all go. Just on your mum and dad, are they big Crows fans? Do they travel travel down to your games? Um, they are Jordan fans. Ah, <laughs> they, who do they, they go for? Well, they go for whoever I play for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they um, no, I think dad was a Hawthorne fan, like They're way, probably way back. Good in his, yeah, yeah, in, the back in his era. But um, no, he's they've been Sydney and then obviously Adelaide now. But they've always had a soft spot for Adelaide like myself so they were pretty um happy when I yeah came back across and they love coming to the games and AO's like it's awesome to play at. Very hostile isn't it? Yeah it's it's great. It's been a big um 18 months so you've moved back to Adelaide engaged to your beautiful partner Millie you got engaged in the UK is that right? Yeah so her family well like her mum's side of the family is from over there so we're at her grandparents house and yep pop the question so wedding started next year which should be good so organizing all that at the moment which is exciting i was about to say who's organizing it all millie or yourself or joint definitely, effort <laughs> definitely millie i think that's probably the for most guys i'd say the girls probably do a lot of that but she's very organized and i've had my fair share of say of of what um of what i want but um no nah, she's organized a lot of it which is which is lucky for me well before we go like what do you do outside of footy I'm pretty cruisy, to be honest. I have a dog, Maggie, who's a border collie. I love taking her to the beach. I love playing golf. I'm a member at Glenelg, so there's a few of us down there. But other than that, with uni, the dog, golf, and footy, it's pretty um, 
it gets pretty busy, so um, I don't have any sort of weird hobbies or there's a few guys who'd, who'd have some weird hobbies, um, but no, I'm, I'm pretty cruisy. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope the season goes well. Hope we make some finals. No pressure, Dorse. Um, I'm sure up. you'll lead well and, yeah, super excited to see you boys do your thing this year. Thanks, Noff. Thanks for having me. It's the Crows Radio Show with Sauce and Tomo every single Sunday morning. Get us on that listener app as well, L-I-S-T, and uh, no Saucy today. So we've got Ebony Marinoff, who's uh, jumped behind the mic. Ebs, we want to go a little bit of a one-on-one here because um, try and take a bit of a, a peek behind the curtain and, and figure out how the hell you ended up at the Crows. So where did it all start? Yeah, a long time ago now. So I'm 25 and I reckon I've yeah, started playing when I was about six. So a very long time, but nah. I've been blessed with so many opportunities that have come, I guess, at my forefront over the past probably, you know, five to seven years. Yeah. But before then, it was just, you know, playing footy with the boys and and like we spoke of it Mm. before, like back when I was playing footy, you had to stop. Like you were, you know, told at the age of, I think it was 12, 14, that you were no longer able to play footy Mm. anymore. And to think, you know, 10 years on, there's a full... You know, w- mm. <laughs> women's competition, like, it's just crazy. Like, it is genuinely crazy. Yeah. So when you were saying you were, you know, 12 or 14 years old, so you had to stop there. And then when did you pick it back up? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was very, very lucky that I stopped playing yep. for for three months because, you know, you stopped playing in September when the finals. And then I actually found out there was still like a women's footy league. Okay. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. Um, Let's, you know, go down that avenue like I just – had accepted and that was you hear I guess girls speak like did you have dream about playing AFLW well you couldn't really because there was nothing there so all right I just got to quit and I'll go back to netball surf life saving like Mm. it will be what it will be um and then yeah went back and played down at Moorville Park Women's Footy Club from yeah about the age of 13 14 and then I stayed there and was drafted um out of the Morphe's program there's a fair few of us that have come through the Adelaide yeah. Crows, so yeah. breed them well down there. Oh, that's awesome. And so you you picked that up. Obviously, you got the, the three flags, which is quite incredible. That must have well, clearly the pinnacle of your career. Yeah. Oh, it's it's what dreams are made of. You know, you, you reach the top. Um, you know, we speak about it in preseason. It's like you're climbing up a mountain and sometimes mountains, you know, they're not smooth. They mm. go up and down and... Yeah, we've we've climbed and achieved the ultimate success three times, which is was pretty pretty amazing. Unbelievable! It's why you play. Mm. So, oh, I'm a competitive person, and I um certainly you know play to win flags. So to be able to, I guess, have achieved that with some pretty amazing people, and and like you know you make friends for life, and you know in a few years' time we'll start having reunions, and yeah, it'll be the best of fun. So three flags by the age of twenty uh, twenty five is quite incredible, there, uh, Eb. So what's the story? Who do you? Who's the biggest influence on your career, and and who got you into football? Yeah, oh, I've had many of influence. I feel like I've been pretty lucky, especially you know through my pathway. Just have really good people around me. Um, really supportive parents. So as you can imagine, mm. it makes life pretty easily, pre- pretty easy. Mm. Um, but I think I probably have to go with Courtney Cramey. She's actually, you know, a teammate of mine. Um, she's now my midfield coach. Yeah. Um, it was probably about the age of 15 where I had, like I had talent, but I probably wasn't reaching my full potential. And you, you don't really know what hard work is. You, you're just playing footy for mm. fun. Like you're just enjoying it. And it was probably like, yeah, a moment where I, oh, well, I'm okay. actually okay at this. Like, mm. what can we do? And there was some expedition series games going on with Melbourne and Western Bulldogs. And, yeah, CJ took me out of it 
under our wing when I was about, yeah, 15 and we just trained really hard, did boxing sessions, wow. gym. Um, and now like we've had two premierships together. So it's pretty amazing I at know. the Crows and um, one in three premierships down at Morfield Park in the women's program. Mm-hmm. But just an amazing um, person that I've had, not just impact my life within footy, but um, off the field. And I think when you speak to athletes or, you know, any person, there's, probably like, you know, a small handful that really impact and, you know, they touch you in, in so many ways. And, and yeah, CJ's certainly done that to me. Um, and then, you you know, you look at my captain in um, Chelsea Randall, just like the ultimate professional um, and just like Captain Courageous, yep. like someone that just, yeah, uh, people just jump on her back and, you know, she takes you for a ride. So it's, I've been, yeah, it's awesome because that's what it's about, meeting people and growing from people. And a quick one before we wrap this segment up. So what do we like outside of football? How do we, what do we do with the downtime? Are we doing anything outside? Are we building a house or something? Yeah, no. So um, building a house at the oh. moment. So that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, I've been waiting a long time, yeah, to, to I guess get in the market and a few hits and misses. Um, yep. But, yeah, finally I guess I was a bit picky looking on the market. So <laughs> decided to go the easy way and just build it myself. Um, not me actually. But yeah, I was going to say, what have we got the hammer going? <laughs> there you <or>? go. <laughs> build what I want. Um, but, no, I, I love going swimming and, um, yeah, getting out in the sun, getting a nice suntan. So got a pool that got put in. So when Ooh. the house is done, that will be um, where I'll be living. So I probably won't leave my house after when the house is done. But no, that's super exciting for me. Nah, you're a star, Benny Marinoff. Thanks so much for uh, jumping one-on-one. Thank you. That's the first episode of the Crows Radio Show, done and dusted for 2023. Ebony Marinoff, buddy, superb again. Oh, well, I told you I had big shoes to fill in sauce. Maybe he might get the flick and he can have another <laughs> week off with his family at home. Uh, um, but no, it was lots of fun. Thanks yeah. for having me. Oh, heap of fun. Caught up with Richard Douglas, which was brilliant, and Jordan Dawson as well. Your uh, exclusive interview is there on the listener app in full, L-I-S-T. And uh, you look after yourself with your injury as well there, Epps. No, I will hopefully... Yeah, get back running soon and can chase the girls around the oval again. Beautiful. I love it, Ebs. Righto, the Crows take on GWS today, so hopefully we can get a whole heap of luck there as well. Until next week, have a good one.